Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a very beautiful and powerful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayiyu Chaye Soro. It was the life of Soro. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on the night before Thursday of Parshish Chaye Soro, which that year was the 20th day in the month of Cheshvin, in the year Tavshin Mem Aleph, 43 years ago. And to point out Chav Cheshvin is the birthday of the fifth Chabad Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe went on later on, uh, seven years later, in the year Tavshin Memches, to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, Chav Cheshvin, again in the year Tavshin Memches. So the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse on this week's Torah portion where it says, Vayiyu Chaye Soro. It was a life of sorrow, Meya Shana a hundred years, the Esrim Shana in twenty years, Besheva Shana in seven years, and then it recaps and it says, Shnei Chai Sarah, these are the years of the life of sorrow. So the Rebbe brings from Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe Rashab, and then he points out. And again, we're talking about Rebbe Rashab, who who is celebrating his birthday, and in a Hasidic discourse um, with this um, same title by Yehuchai Sarah in the year Tough Reish Ayin Tess. So he asked the question: Why does it say at the end of the verse Shnei Chai Sarah? In other words, the verse begins and it says by Yehuchai Sarah. This is the life of Sarah, and it goes on in detail: a hundred years, twenty years, seven years. So why does it repeat itself and say at the end of the verse, Shnei Chai Yisara? That's question number one. Number one. Also, there is we have to understand. And this question is actually brought down in the Zohar. And they ask as follows. How come specifically by Sarah, it says the days of her, of her life? And up to the point that the whole Torah portion is called Chaye, the life of Sarah. In other words, that's the essence of the Torah portion. And we don't find this by any other of the matriarchs. That's question number two. So in the Zohar that asked this question, so he brings a powerful teaching and he says as follows. The Zohar says, <coughs> Asa Chava Alma. Chava came in, into the world. She went ahead and she cleaved to the, to the snake, to the serpent. Asa Noach. Noach came into the world. And what did it say in reference to Noach? By he drank from the wine, he became drunk. Then the Zohar says, Sarah came into the world, but Nachas, she went down, referring to her going down to Egypt, and she was able to go up, and she did not get stuck into the klipot of a snake, or drinking wine, or any other klipot of Egypt. And like the Torah says clearly, Abraham went up to Egypt, who? Abraham and his wife. And because, sorry, Emena, the Zohar says, she was able to go down into Egypt, and she didn't get stuck into the world <coughs> of Klipot, that's why she merited an elevated life. And the Zohar finishes off and says, and because of that, her life, Sarah's life was was considered alive. That's a teaching from the Zohar. So based on this, the Rebbe Rashab <coughs> explains, in his discourse with this same title, two points, that specifically by Sarah it says, the days, Yemei Shnei Chaye, where it doesn't say, like we said before, by the other, any of the other matriarchs, because she went down 
and she was able to go up and she didn't get stuck she's able to engage in Egypt but come out of Egypt whole that's why she merited the Chayini line for a great life so that answer is the first part but why it says by her and not by the other matriarchs but why, the question is why does it repeat itself again and say Shnei Chayisara it already says by you Chayisara because this that she received high life, a high life that's one thing but the, the, the second part where the Torah says Shnei Chayisara is the teacher that her life she something that she earned was was considered alive in other words besides the fact that she merited a gift from from above that she she got a gift of great life but her life was internalized and personally she also had a great life so you have to understand these two ideas what does it mean he received from heaven a great life and she had her own great life well what are these two ideas okay also we have to understand what does the zohar say that chava came into the world and then it says Noah came into the world, and then it says Sarah came into the world, as if there's a connection between the three. What and the question is, what is the what is the connection? In other words, what's the connection? Because obviously Chava and Noach wanted to accomplish the same thing that Sarah tried to accomplish, but unfortunately they weren't successful. And not only they weren't successful, they actually were downgraded. They they got stuck with the, with a serpent. Or he got drunk. However, when it came to Sarah, even though she had a Eureka, she went down to Egypt. But nevertheless, from this downgrade, she had a tremendous upgrade. Like the Zohar says, Nachas Vesalka, she went down and she went up. So the Rebbe says, we have to understand the connection between these three ideas. Of, of, of Chava Noyach and Sarah Imeo. The Rebbe goes on to explain, he says like this, we know there's a rule, Maisei Ovoi Simon Labonim. Anything that happens to our patriarchs and our matriarchs is a sign for their children. Now we know, what does it mean it's a sign? It's not just a sign, an omen, but it actually gives power. Anything that happened to the patriarchs and the matriarchs gives power to the children. And like we know the Rebbe brings from the, the famous teaching in the Zoyer, so it says Pasach, the expression they use in the Zoyer, open. Replaining, this person opened it up. Now, what does that mean? He opened it up. After he opened up a new channel and a new way of thinking, a new way of teaching, a new way of learning, a new way of accomplishing something, and how much more so when he actually created a, 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 a trench, he dug a trench. So, what happens when someone opens it up and creates a pathway? We have the power that we can do the same thing, and it's much easier. And you don't have to do the same effort as the first time. The first time is very, very hard. Whoever's doing it. But once it's done, it becomes much easier. So the same thing also when we say the Masayavis, the actions of the patriarchs, is a sign for the children. So that applies to us. Anything they did, it makes it easier for, for us. And since we know that the Avais, the patriarchs, are the patriarchs of every one of the Jewish people, and everything they did, we receive as an inheritance. And it applies the same thing for the patriarchs, the Avais, and the Yemois as well, the matriarchs. And especially when we're talking about the first, what in the matriarch, Sarah Imenu, which she's the first of all the matriarchs, and what does it say about her? The Torah says clearly to Avram, everything that Sarah tells you, you should listen to her. So obviously, this idea that Sarah Imenu came and she, got, she unfortunately was downgraded into Egypt, but nevertheless, she was able to elevate out. So therefore, so therefore just like everything of the, of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, so this specific teaching that she was able to go down and come up is a lesson and also gives us power 
in every one of us serving Hashem, that we have the power, that if we're downgraded, God forbid, we have the power to be upgraded. In other words, so the Krebbe asks a simple question, what is the lesson, the practical lesson, of the fact that Sarah had her downgrade and she was elevated in our serving Hashem after the Torah was given? Okay. So Rebbe explains as follows. He, he brings down the, the general idea, the way it's explained in the Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe Rashab, again, who was celebrating his birthday, and he says as follows, and this is the heart of the Maimah, and this is a beautiful foundation of, of mysticism, and he says like this, that when you serve Hashem, you have to serve Hashem besimcha. You have to just serve Hashem with happiness. I'll say it in Hebrew. Avoid Hashem, serving Hashem, dafka. When you're serving God, you have to serve God with happiness. Why? What's it based on? The Torah doesn't dictate because it says in the prophets clearly, if do as Hashem besimcha, you have to serve Hashem with happiness. So God is telling us through the prophets, the prophet King David, that we have to serve Hashem besimcha. Up to the point that serving Hashem with happiness is a power, it's an important foundation. And like we know the, the, the teachings of the Arizal, and it's actually brought down in Tanya, based on the verse in the Torah, where it says that the reason why all the negative things happen to you, all, not some, all the negative things happen to you is because you didn't serve God, what would Simcha? And it's brought down in Torah, which is basically the classical teachings from the Alter Rebbe, that this, that they are Rizal, merited, Ruach HaKodesh, he had divine inspiration, how did he merit that gift, that he had Ruach HaKodesh? It came because he, when he did a mitzvah, he did it with Simcha. You can do a mitzvah, there's 248 positive, 365 negative, total 613. But he did them with Simcha. He did them with happiness. And since, obviously, it's a story in Torah, the oral part of the Torah, so it's obviously coming to teach us a lesson, and it's a lesson teaching every one of us, that when we serve Hashem, we have to serve Hashem B'Simcha, with happiness. And when we serve Hashem B'Simcha, that's when our serving Hashem becomes a complete service. And when we... And once we do our avoidah complete, which means we do the mitzvah, B'Simcha, so we, what we do is we actually create the world. The world becomes complete. Why? Because we know the ultimate purpose why Hashem created the world. He created, it says, Bereshis. Bereshis means for two beginnings, for the Jewish people. And what does it mean He created for us? He, he created for us that we should do our spiritual work of, of making this, doing the mitzvahs and doing it with Simcha. With simcha. And as we know, because our all existence is, why are we born? Why, why are we here? So we know it says clearly, Ani loy The only reason why we're here is to serve Hashem. In other words, when we do our avoidance, we do our work, we actually create that the world becomes completed. So, so in other words, what comes out so far, that we're here to complete the process of creation by serving Hashem b'simcha. Jeremiah says, one second. Well, the fact is, it's brought down many places that the world was created complete. And especially as we know that the one of the reasons why Hashem created the world is because Hashem wants to do good for the things He was creating. And the nature of good is to do good. So therefore, Hashem created a complete world. So what, what's our job to finish off? And Rebbe explains beautifully, and he says like this. Yes, correct. This idea 
that Hashem wanted to do good for the for the creations that He created. That's one of the reasons that Hashem ch- uh, decided and chose that the, the creation should be for the Jewish people and for the Torah. Bereshit for, for two things, sorry, the Jewish people and the Torah. Why is that? Because because when Hashem created the Jewish people and He gave us the Torah, He was able, he, through that He's able to give tr- the, the ultimate, the complete good. When we do our job of learning Torah and learning Basimcha, we make the world complete. So, and, and what is it, what is a complete serving Hashem? It's specifically when you do it with Simcha. And when we do it with Simcha, we actually complete the world, which is done through our spiritual service. So, did Hashem create the world complete? Absolutely. But we can take it to the next level. So, and in Hebrew it's called Shlemus Avoid, the complete Avoid. So, not only that the complete serving Hashem, and doing it Hashem wants is only specific when you do it with Simcha. But not only that, there goes a step further and he says that being happy when you're serving Hashem, whether it's learning, whether it's praying, or doing mitzvot, or anything that you're doing, that it's actually a, a prerequisite in serving Hashem. Because if you're lacking in the Simcha, if you don't have the Simcha when you're serving Hashem, unfortunately... It's brought down. You get it. You, you, there's punishment for it. Like it says clearly in the verse we just quoted. Tachas, all the negative things that are happening, all the punishments happen come from because we did not serve Hashem with happiness. Why? Because what's our avoider? Our spiritual work is to bring down godliness into this world. And how does that happen? It happens through simcha. So what do we see clearly so far? That. Our job in this world is to serve Hashem, but key word, besimcha. And we serve Hashem besimcha, we become complete, and the world becomes complete. But nevertheless, even though the main thing is to serve God besimcha, we know there's another verse that says, if do us Hashem, you should serve God begira. You have to be in awe of God. But nevertheless, it says, but if you look in the same verse, what does he continue on to say? Vigilu birado. You have to have gila. You have to have simcha. So even when you have yira, you still have to have you still have to have simcha. Why is that? Because what happens is when a person's happy and it's a a physical, um, a, 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 a egotistical happiness, you can come to to unfortunately becoming an arrogant person. And when a person is arrogant, unfortunately, you can end up doing terrible things. So therefore, to make sure that the simcha doesn't become egotistical and doesn't affect our ego, that's why we have to, if there's a Hashem a year, we have to serve Hashem with awe as well. And the gilu brothers, you need to have a, a blend between the simcha, but keep the year there, so it'll keep you in line that you're doing it for Hashem. And when we do that, we'll have the real simcha, a simcha that's not egotistical, and it's, 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 what type of simcha is it? We're saying what it's not. What type of simcha is it? It's a simcha of bittel and a nova, from humility. And like the verse says in the prophets, that who will gather to Hashem in simcha? Humble people. So what you need now, he's adding a new component. You want to have the ultimate simcha? Simcha is when you do it together with a nova and bittel. So the ultimate, what, what's the Rebbe explaining here? So before we go f- f- uh, further, so the Rebbe's introducing this powerful idea of mysticism and hundreds and thousands of pages of mysticism is, is, is written about it. And this is the, one of the major foundations of, 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 of mysticism. Our job is to be the simcha, but not to, not God forbid, it should be an arrogant simcha. It should be a simcha that's based on what? On humility. 
So based on this, the Rebbe Rashab, who is celebrating his birthday, Chav Chesron, explains in that Chesedic discourse, and this is what it means that Chava came into the world, and unfortunately she got stuck with the serpent, versus Sarah came into the world and she was able to elevate, because basically, what do they both want to accomplish? Chava wanted to have Simcha, Chava wanted to have happiness. Sarah Imenu wanted to have happiness as well. And like it says clearly, in reference to Chava, what did she do? She went in, she squeezed some grapes, and that's what she gave him. And also by Noyach, what does it say? He planted a vineyard, and he drank from the wine. Now, wine is there to make you happy. And it says clearly, Yayin, wine, which makes people happy, God and, and, and human beings. But nevertheless, what was the issue? By Chava, unfortunately, even though she wanted to be happy, she squeezed the grapes, but it was a happiness that was, that was, that was felt, means it was egotistical. Like it says clearly in the verse, Vatera Isha, the woman saw Kitoiv, she saw it was good for eating, and it created enjoyment. What does that mean? It became personal. It wasn't for the for the cause. It was it was something which became personal. In Hebrew, it's called hargasha. It was arrogant, and that's why she got stuck. Noyach wanted to fix the sin of the Eishadas, which basically he wanted to fix, which is also coming from an arrogant place. And unfortunately, he wasn't successful, and that's why he he drank from the wine, and it brought, brought him it brought him to simcha, correct, but not a simcha of bittel, not a simcha of humility. And it was, it was, unfortunately, it was a wine that made him happy, but he got drunk. Now, Strebber says, even though we know when someone gets drunk, you're not feeling. When someone gets drunk, they don't know what's going on with himself. But Strebber explains, yes, correct. But that type of not feeling, it's not coming from a place of humility. It's coming from because your mind is confused. And, 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 and self, uh, self-enjoyment. So that's not the goal. So how do you fix the sin of which is all about uh, arrogance and feeling self, who came along was able to fix it? Sarah Imenu. Like it's brought down in Kabbalah and it says that Sarah fixed what Chava messed up. How did Sarah do it? Because Sarah in the Sphero, she's the sphere of Malchus. The ten Sphero, she's the lowest sphere, sphere of Malchus. And matter of fact, that's why she's actually called Sarah. It comes from the word of Sarah uh, ruling, which is Malchus. But what is really, what's the real quality of Malchus? The quality of Malchus is bittal, humility. And because Sarah had that component of humility, so through her specifically, she was able to fix. In other words, she had, the ingredients are, this is the important thing, two ingredients. Simcha on the level of bittal. Happiness, but coming not from an egotistical place, not from my happiness, but acceptance. Whatever Hashem wants, and the will soon give more clarity on what it means. So that's what that's why the that's why the Zohar says Sarah came. She unfortunately was downgraded, and she elevated. What does that mean? She was downgraded because of the acceptance, the bittel of Malchus. Even when she went down, she went down, but nevertheless she was able to elevate. Why? Because of the acceptance of Malchus. Even when you go down, you know, you're going down, but nevertheless, when you're going down, why are you going down? You're going down to purposes to be, to be elevated. In other words, the purpose why Malchus goes down to, is going to transform and elevate the sp- holy sparks. So you're going down with a mission. She was going there with a mission. She was focused on the mission. So even though she went down into Egypt, she went for a mission to get elevated. And the same thing also applies when Avram and Sarah went down physically to the land of Egypt, they were there to elevate Egypt. 
And like it says clearly in Torah, Vayala Avraham so Avram went up, he went elevated from Egypt, who, him and his wife, so and up to the point where they they were they were the Torah says they were heavy with with cattle and silver and gold and how did it happen? It happened all through Sarimenu Malchus and like it says clearly in Torah, Lahavram all the things he was schlepping, all the gifts he had, Alavram hated Baavura. All the good things he had was because of Sarah, because of her Malchus, because of her Bittel, and because she went with Bittel, Simcha with Bittel, she she merited Chayni Loin, great a great life. And up to the point, to the next level, not only is Chayinolim as a gift, but her life is good. That her, that her life is also felt. Well, how, how can you do that? Because since Malchus is all about Bittal, and not only external acceptance, the essence of Malchus is acceptance. So therefore, even the part that's felt is also um, it, 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 enmeshed with the idea of Bittal. What does that mean practically? That means like this. Even though Simcha is revealed, you're happy, you have a smile, you're excited about life, but nevertheless, you do it in a way of bittal. And like, for example, there is an example, that even though they take a king, a king is the king, he's elevated, he's happy, like it says, but it's not an arrogant happiness. And because it's coming from a place of bittal, so therefore from this Simcha, a Simcha that has the ingredient of bittal, besides the fact you, you, nothing negative is going to come out of it like unfortunately like what happened with Chava and Noyach but on the contrary it brings you to the greatest places up to the to, up to the level of the way the happiness is going to be like when Mashiach comes and like it's explained in the Hasidic discourse again from the Rebbe Rashab who was celebrating his birthday that what does it mean her life was happy it's on the, almost like in the level of where it says in the prophets in reference to the Mashiach is going to come it says we're going to live in front of him when it's going to be like Mashiach comes and when is that going to happen it's going to happen ultimately when Mashiach comes okay just to recap before we go forward what the Rebbe is saying here is so there's two components one is Serving God with Simcha, and the second component is what? Serving God with Simcha, but also with Bittal. And that's why, based on that, he explains why um, Sarah was successful in the mission versus Chava and Noyach, unfortunately, weren't. So I said he'd like to connect this with the verse that it says in the prophets, Oz, Yimaleis Pinu, that in the future when Mashiach comes, we're going to have this great joy and happiness. What does that mean? When Mashiach comes, the Simcha is going to be 100% complete. Up to the point that any type of simcha, any type of joy and happiness that we have now, even if it's very, very, it's amazing, with bittul, etc., as much as possible, you can't compare it to the joy and happiness that's going to be like Mashiach comes. Because then, as you it's going to be full, it's going to have the greatest level of simcha. In other words, even though, on one hand, you say, the simcha, the joy that we're going to have when Mashiach comes, like as we know, the author explains in time, yeah, everything in the future when Mashiach comes, it has to do with our spiritual work in this world. So our avoid of simcha now. And as when we're happy now, that's going to cause to have the great happiness in the future. But nevertheless, the reward that we're going to have in the future, you can't compare it to the happiness of now. And it's even, it's even higher than the level of a reward. So based on the Shabbat explains, that's why, of a powerful insight, that the son of Sarah, the son of Sarah, that we know that Sarah prayed for her son, and she actually prayed more than Avram Avinu. So what's Sarah Imenu's son's name? Her son's name is called Yitzchak. Why did she call him Yitzchak? Because the verse says clearly, God caused me to laugh. Why? Because Sarah 
her life, Asara is like <clears throat> like she's on the level of Vinikula fun of the way it's gonna be in the future when Mashiach comes. And that's why Sari Imenu, her son was called Yitzchak. What is Yitzchak? What is the essence of Yitzchak? What is his DNA? What is his spiritual DNA? The spiritual DNA of Yitzchak is Tzchaik V'Simcha Laughter and happiness Up to the point of a level of happiness and laughter On the level of what's going to be like Mashiach comes And that's why when Mashiach comes We're going to say specifically To Yitzchak 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 our father Why? Because then we're going to have the real level of Simcha now they're going to go on to explain the idea of simcha when it's when when it's when it's when it's enmeshed and when it's together with the idea of bittel humility and acceptance. <clears throat> Up to the point that even the simcha that's in a revealed state, it's also in a level of acceptance, a bittel. Why? Because the true simcha, where does simcha come from? Where does happiness come from? So the Rebbe explains powerful. Where does simcha come from? Simcha comes from humility. The source of real happiness, real happiness, comes from humility. And like the Lord brings a verse that says, Yasu anovim simcha. Who's going to gather simcha? Anovim, humble people. So humility is the source. It's not that you're happy and you're, you're, you're also humble. The source of real happiness is humility. So the Lord explains, what's the connection of humility and simcha? Even though it's opposite. If you're humble, then you, there's no simcha. If you're simcha, then you're not humble. How do the two go together? Sarah brings now very powerfully, he brings from the Alter Rebbe, an Hasidic discourse, which is called the Yasu Anavim Bashem Simcha. So he brings from the Alter Rebbe. Also, he says in many rabbinical Chabad rabbis, Hasidic discourses after the Alter Rebbe, and also including the Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe Rashab. So he's bringing down from a full chain of Chabad rallies to explain the idea of humility with Simcha. And explain like this. What does it mean when somebody's humble? So humble doesn't mean that he got to make some mistake and he says, eh, hey, I'm a nobody. He doesn't realize his qualities. What it means is like this. That means even though you know your qualities, and you know all the special gifts that God gave you. And everyone says, what do you mean? Say, someone's going to say, I don't have any gifts. Everyone says, no. Because the fact is, every single Jewish person, even someone that doesn't behave the way they're supposed to, be, so besides the fact that they have many mitzvahs, literally many, many mitzvahs, and it fill, that fills their essence. And like it's brought down in Chazal to tell us that every single Jew is Malayan mitzvahs karima, just like a pomegranate has full of seeds, every Jew... Every Jew, and every means every one Jew has as many mitzvahs as the pomegranate seeds. We're full of mitzvahs. And especially, like we know it says, it, it, it says clearly, we're all righteous people. So we all have mitzvahs. We're all righteous people. And there's a rule in halakha, we assume that everyone is 100% kosher. Therefore, everyone has a lot of mitzvahs. Everyone's a tzaddik. So therefore, we have what to be proud about. But nevertheless, even though we have all these qualities, it doesn't cause us to become an arrogant, a, a person, a, 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 a arrogant existence. And how much more? It doesn't cause cause come to become totally a, 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 a separate entity of God, because you realize the truth. You realize the truth that all the qualities I have. 
And we all have many qualities. Like I said, we all have many mitzvot, and we all um, have a kashras, and we're all on the level of a tzaddik, etc. But we realize all these gifts that we have, it's not something we accomplished. But these are all gifts from our colors world. All the gifts we have is a gift from Hashem. And if God gave this talent and these abilities to someone else, they will be in the same level as well. So because we're on the level of, of Anova and Bittal, we're totally on the level of humility. <clears throat> so you realize that if, if someone else had it, maybe they would maybe they would they would they would they would actually develop those qualities even more. Now this level of humility. So it means you know your qualities, but you don't become arrogant because of it. So not only doesn't it bring God from the opposite of happiness, on the contrary, the humility of realizing I have tremendous qualities, but they're, they're a God-given gift to me, and really I, it's not mine, I have no entitlement, that brings you to the greatest happiness. Why? Because the ultimate complete happiness comes to somebody that's, that's humble. And like it's explained at length in the Chassidic Discourse in the Rebbe Rashab. Now, since the happiness comes because of the humility, not because you think you're nobody. Yeah, I have tremendous qualities. They're not mine. They're Hashem. Hashem gave it to me. He can give it to anyone else. So I have the happiness, but I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. So therefore, the happiness, even a revealed happiness, it's, it, it's humbled. So the Rebbe is teaching us how could we have the two opposites of simcha and humility, because on the contrary, humility doesn't mean we, we're nobody. Humility means we have tremendous qualities. They're all from Hashem, and because we're all from Hashem, we have to, we have we have the greatest simcha, and the simcha is infused in its essence with humility. So, based on this, it explains that's why it says Sar. It was the life of Sarah, and then it, the Torah goes on again at the end of the verse says Shnei Chayisar. This is the life of Sarah. The years of the life of Sarah. Why? <clears throat> so the Vayiyu Chayisara is a gift. God gave her a great life. And it goes in the first part is referring to the great life that God gave her. And it goes in detail. A hundred years, twenty years, seven years, which is what is those referring to? It's referring to all the Sfirot. And like he explains in depth in the Chassidic Discourse, that what's a hundred? A hundred is the way the Sfirot are in, in Keter is the highest sphere, so you have Atik and Arach. So in Arach, you have, you have it's, it's one sphere, but all the ten are intertwined, and all the ten there are intertwined, so it's the power of a hundred. And you have in Arach the, the way At, Atik is shining into Arach, and that's why it says, Mea Shana. It says single. If it's a hundred, why does he say Shanim? Because over there, it's, since it's in the level of Keter, even though it's a hundred, but, but, it, but it's totally unified. <clears throat> and not only that, there was even higher than level of one. Then it goes on to twenty years. So one hundred, referring to the way the spheres are in Arich, the way Atik is shining in. Twenty years is referring to Chachman Bina, the two intellectual spheres. And again, obviously, both to the power of ten. That's why you have twenty. And the seven years is referring to the seven midos, the seven the seven days, the days of the building. And then he goes on to say, so that's the first part. Shnei Chayisar. What does that mean? That her life w w was alive. In other words, that her life, her life that, that seemingly is, is felt and, 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 and physical, but because she did the spiritual service of, 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 of living a life with bittal, with humility, and humility of simcha, and even when it's revealed, that's how she got shnei chayisa. So that's why... So again, to, to recap, by you, Chayisar is referring to the great life Hashem gave her. Meyashana, Eshmashana, Shavashana. 
Shnei Chayisar is that's when she had Simcha, but she had Simcha with Bittal. And that's why at the end, when it says Shnei Chayisar, it doesn't have to go into 120 and 7. Why? Because even those details, it's, it's, it's all humble. So you have the literally union of two opposites. On one hand, it, you, you feel the Simcha, but on the other hand, it's, it's total acceptance. So therefore, it's above the level of counting 120 and 7. And that's the real power of Shnei Chai Yisara, the end of the verse, referring to her life, Simcha with Bittal, on the beginning of the verse, Chai Yisara, Meyer Shana, Vesra Shana. Why? Because 120 and 7, even though it's amazing, 100 spheroids, and the 20 and the 7, but, and like, and like Rashi says, that, that there, there are three different levels, but nevertheless, it's different levels. But the second part, it's all equal. There's no division. And from that level, which above division, so what happens then is even what's felt as different is all, is all, is all, is all, is all the level of bitl of humility. And that's why her physical life, her physical life is in the level of what? Of bitl. Never goes on to say as follows. That's through the fact that her physical life, the Murgish, was felt, was done in a way of, 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 of Bittal, that, <clears throat> that her life w- 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 was alive, that means everything was felt, the real Simcha, the tangible Simcha, is in a way that's permeated with Bittal, humility, and like, the, like it's explained in the, in the, Hasidic, the t- teaching of the Rebbe Rashab, so through that, she was able to have physical life, great physical life, that her physical life, and she became a ruler on her life. Why? Because what was the key thing? What did she have? What did we just learn? She had the power of Simcha with Bittal. And therefore she was able to control her life. Why is that? And never explains powerfully. Because we know that Simcha, when a person is happy, and especially the happiness that's brought through Bittal, has the power to break any boundaries, anything you're stuck with, anything that's holding you back, you can live the most amazing life. And therefore, because she had the Simcha, that's done in a revealed way. But nevertheless, together with the Bittal acceptance, she was able to have Tagboy Rasachayim, an amazing life, higher than any limits. And like it's known in reference to Yitzchak, which was her son, which we learned before, why was he called Yitzchak? Because of the Tzchoik and the Simcha, because of the tremendous joy, that the Gvura, Yitzchak we know is Gvura, Avram is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gvura, the Gvura of Yitzchak means it's an abundance of energy. And not only a bunch of energy, a bunch of blessings. And up to the point you have the ultimate complete life. Uh, on the level of the nichya lafana of the, that we're going to live in front of Hashem, it's going to be like a Mashiach comes. And we, like, remember I mentioned in the beginning of the Siddhartha discourse that the actions of the Avois are a sign for the children. What does that mean? That the spiritual work of sorrow is a, is a lesson and it gives power to every Jewish person up to the point that this, that every single one of us, like we know that everything from the patriarchs and the matriarchs we have as inheritance, that we have the power and the ability to serve God with joy, with happiness, in a revealed way. And the, the happiness is based on humility. Like it says, My soul is like dust. So we're happy, but it's the source in Bittal. And therefore, because it's sourced in, in bitl and acceptance, we're not concerned that something negative is going to come out of it. On the contrary, because as we learned, when a person's happy, you have the power to break any bounds. So when a person is besimcha, you actually add more, more effort in serving Hashem 
up to the point that we serve Hashem without any limits, no limits. Tagbar is is powerful energy. And when we, when we do that on a spiritual level, we have a great physical life. We have a long life, Derba says, and good years literally on a very, very practical level. And Derba says he liked to connect this with the birthday of the Rebbe um, uh, Rashab of that year when Derba said the Chassidic Discourse, which um, is finishing off, Derba said, 120 years of the Rebbe Rashab. So he says like this, it's brought down in the Zoyar, and on, based on the verse, it says, with, with the verse in, the, in Genesis, it says, you yamav, the lifespan of the human being will be, Maya the Esrim Shon, 120 years. Who is that referring to? So it says, the Zoyar says, referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu brings down life to the Jewish people, to every single, every single Jewish person. Where does he bring it from? From that, Ilana Lechaim, from the tree of life. And when he draws down to us to, to be alive, but a long life. And like the Zoya says, in that same verse, it says, B'Shagam. So B'Shagam is the same numerical value as Moish Rabbeinu. So the Zoya says, B'Shagam is referring to Moish Rabbeinu. It's actually the same numerical value. And, um, and from, from, from that, uh, 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 life force, Moish Rabbeinu brings into this world powerful life and powerful energy for the Jewish people. So that is how he says Moshe Rabbeinu did. But there was a no, no. He's actually, Moshe Rabbeinu is drawing it in now as well. And like, like the Zohar says clearly that Moshe Loimais, Moshe Rabbeinu never died. And it's brought down in the Talmud. Just like then, he is serving Hashem. Even today, and he's serving the Jewish people. He's today, he's serving the Jewish people. And just like it applies to Moshe Rabbeinu, who is a faithful shepherd of the Jewish people, the same thing also applies on all the faithful shepherds of every, of every generation. Up till the the Rebbe who's celebrating his birthday, the Rebbe Rashab, and his son, the previous Rebbe, and it's like known the letter of the previous Rebbe, in reference to his father, Rebbe Rashab, and obviously it applies to him as well, that the, 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 the faithful shepherds of the Jewish people, they never stop working for the Jewish people, even after 120. And like it's brought down, like we mentioned before, that Moshe Rabbeinu, just like when he was alive, he took care of the Jewish people, now he's also taking care of the Jewish people. That means even now, the Rebbe Rashab, who's, who's celebrating his birthday, and how much more so re- referring to his, his son, the previous Rebbe, he's out there, up there in heaven, and he's talking positive about every one of the Jewish people, and he's drawing down blessings of success and salvation. Up to the point he's bringing in from the Ilan of the Chai, he's bringing in from the, from the tree of life. And he's bringing literally a long life for every single one of the Jewish people. Now, just like in reference to Sari Meno, it says the law having Chai and her life was alive. And we said it's, on, it's like the level of what's going to be like when Mashiach comes, when Nichilafonov, when it's going to be Mashiach comes, <clears throat> like the Rebbe Shab explained. So the same thing also. In reference to giving power, my say the power that we get from the Avais and the Yamais, specifically in this case, sorry, Menu, that every one of us have the power to serve Hashem besimcha with happiness. And when we serve Hashem with Simcha, we will merit very, very soon, the Rebbe says, to fulfill the promise where it says, Shlishi, on the third day he's gonna stand up, we're gonna we're gonna live. And what does that mean? What is that referring to? So the Rebbe explains, he says, it's brought down the Kutta from the Alter Rebbe, and the Chassidic Discourse called Yechayimeinu Miyamayim, but Yoyim Ashlishin, the third day we're going to live. So he explains over there as follows. Yoyim the two days, referring to Memali Kalaman, the way God is 
personally involved in the world, and Soiv Kalam, Hashem hovers over the world, and the third day is referring to higher than even Soiv Kalam. In other words, what does that mean, higher? There's no limits. Not even the limit of Soiv Kalam. Now, since we know that Simcha, when a person is happy, it breaks through any boundaries. And through a person being with Simcha, like we mentioned before, we reach what level? Infinite. Therefore, when a person is happy, when you're serving Hashem, that's a, 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 an appropriate and proper preparation and a vessel for all the revelations it's going to be when, on the third day, where the verse says we're going to, we're going to be, live in front of Hashem, what, what level is that going to be? And the level of higher than even Sayyid of Kalaman. And when is that going to happen? That's going to happen with the building of the third temple. And like it's explained that what it says by Yom Shlishi was referring to, it's referring to the, the third temple that Mashiach is going to build, who we know is from the king, from the king of, 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 of the family of David. And this idea um, is, is uh, connected specifically to Simcha, to joy and happiness. Why? Because it's brought down the Ramah, and the Ramah says like this. Ramah says, you want to bring a proof about Simcha, that a person has to be happy. When you do a mitzvah, so how does he bring a proof you have to have be happy doing a mitzvah? So he brings from the famous story of King David, where it says in reference to King David, David, King David was dancing and he was happy in front of Hashem. What, what's the idea? The Rebbe explains, because we know David, the king of the Jewish people, where was he? He was first Amalchus. King David's Malchus, just like Sarimeno. And because he was first Amalchus, he was totally humbled. And like the verse says, he was totally humbled in front of Hashem. Why? Because what's Malchus, as we learned? Malchus is Bittal. And that's why his avoider, King David, had tremendous simcha. Like it says, we quoted the verse, How would he have to simcha? Because he had the humility of Sphiris HaMalchus. So even when the, when the joy was in a revealed way, nothing negative was going to come out of it. And since King David... As we say, we all say, David, Melech, Yisrael, Chai Kaim, King David is alive and, and well. In other words, what does that mean he's alive and well? He's alive and well amongst every single one of us. In the capacity of King David, the king of the Jewish people, which means the ultimate humility. So therefore, King David gives us the power, every single one of us, that we can be happy when we do the mitzvahs, even though it's a tremendous work. But, in, but the, the simcha is going to be in a way where it's totally befitting. Now, Rebbe finishes off powerfully and says like this. When we are besimcha, when we're doing the mitzvahs of Hashem, also, when we're besimcha, when we're happy, when we fulfill what it says, v'chol masechi l'shein shemayim, means oh, everything that we do should be for Hashem, therefore everything we should do should be besimcha. Or it says, v'chol rechecha de'eyu, everything we, 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 all our ways we have to know Hashem, so therefore anything we're doing we have to, we have to know Hashem, and therefore every, anything we do we have to be besimcha. So where we're besimcha, when we do a mitzvah, and everything we're doing, we're going to go ahead and we're going to break down the walls and the limitations of exile. And what's going to happen is Mashiach is going to come, who's King David, David, the king of the Jewish people, together with Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the faithful shepherd. Because the fact that he's the first redeemer and he's the last redeemer. And also all the faithful shepherds of every single generation, up to the, the faithful uh, shepherd of our generation. Which is the, the previous Rebbe, the, the, the leader of our generation. And very, very soon the Rebbe says, it's going to be fulfilled the promise. 
All the people that are, are that are dead are going to be resurrected, but they're going to resurrect the They're going to sing. They're going to have simcha, and together with them, we're going to go to to greet the face of Mashiach Tzikenu. The simchas oilam al roishom. We're going to have the everlasting simcha, and when is that going to happen? It's going to happen. The Rebbe says b'mehera v'yamenu mamash. Very very soon in our days, literally. So here you have a very 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 powerful chassidic discourse and a really practical chassidic discourse. Something that we all need right now, which is tremendous simcha. Let's hope, like the Rebbe finishes off and says, we'll have real simcha and we'll go and greet Mashiach Tzedkenu and we'll be in Yerushalayim ira kodesh. And next week's class will be in Yerushalayim. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.